On this episode of On The Mark, we have the hilarious Charles Fleischer. This guy's the man of many voices, and we are going to be picking his brain, his genius brain, on his entire career, the specific projects he worked on in Hollywood and abroad, and anything else we can pry from him. He's a lot to handle. He turns into different people during a conversation. Guys, you're really going to enjoy this one. Benny, get this thing hopping. <laughs> VIP listeners, welcome to the cartoon edition of On The Mark. Who framed Marky Mark? Jumpin', jumpin'! Man, this is some wild and wacky shit we got coming up, guys. We got a guy coming on this show. This guy does more voices than you ever heard in your life. We're going to talk to Charles Fleischer about his role doing the voice of Roger Rabbit in the 80s hit Who Framed Roger Rabbit but Charles was also on the Nightmare on Elm Street Back to the Future Part 2 The Polar Express Rango and Zodiac he's got a list of movies that he's been a part of the voices this guy can do blow my mind and frankly Benny they straight up freak me out I'm not even sure if he knows what his real voice is, Marky. He just talks however it sounds. Honestly, <laughs> oh, however man. he's feeling, it just comes out a different way. And he's an experienced guy. He's been in this industry for decades. But the man is a genius. I believe he got published into the some highly acclaimed science journal that other scientists had to sign off on his work. Yeah, Marky, I want to say it's Columbia on their website. They are posting a scientific paper, a literal scientific paper by Charles Fleischer about gamma ray bursts. Very smart stuff, Marky. Things that real scientists have no idea what they're talking about. This guy knows. Yeah, you frequent that Columbia Journal all the time, don't you, Benny? You're on that site daily, right? I mean, they have a lot of smart people posting on it. And you learn a lot of stuff. So you're studying up on shit like that. Guys, that's what I tell you. I go to bat for Benny Spielberg. We got the best in the business here. This is a bright young talent, guys. He didn't do nothing but, uh, you know, he did a lot more than partying when, at his time at West Virginia. You were a mountaineer, and you're serving your school proud, man. Yeah, Columbia actually is thinking about posting a big thesis I have on ass-eating season, Marky. <laughs> oh, man, I could, uh... I could probably edit that for you, maybe be a contributor if you need me. But you gotta really prove you're an expert, man. Columbia, they don't just post no Joe Schmo. <laughs> Damn right. Let me ask you a question. Shoot. Are you a Who Framed Roger Rabbit guy? That is one of my favorite movies. Oh, how could I not be, man? It's a classic. With the amount of great actors that are in that movie, also just how they put it together. It was so ahead of their time. It reminds me a little of a Space Jam feel. So uh, that was my next question for you, Benny. What movie do you like more, Space Jam or Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I was always more of a Space Jam guy growing up, but I appreciate both them, man. I really see the genius behind both movies, and I'll tell you this, 
Who Framed Roger Rabbit has a lot more genius behind it than Space Jam. Yeah, both movies are in my top 100 easily. Uh, both movies are pushing my top 50, frankly. I can watch those movies all the time. Yeah, they're can't miss, man. If the, if you see that on TV or one of these movie channels, it's almost a have to put it on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And the way Roger Rabbit caught that like L.A. noir mob feel for a cartoon with weasels as like 1940s Italian gangsters and the detective, a Columbo kind of guy. The Columbo, you know, that whole thing. It's cool, it's unique, and bringing that era together with cartoons and this silly wild rabbit, it's fucking cool. Way ahead of its time, man. It is outrageously funny. I absolutely love the movie. Like I said, a lot of comedic genius is behind that movie. And folks, let me put you guys onto something here. I love being able to open my VIP listeners' eyes every now and then to, to stuff they might not have realized or thought of. The rabbit is an American icon. You have the Playboy Bunny, you have the Energizer Bunny, and Benny, there's another rabbit out there. I think his name is Bugs. Bugs Bunny. Good friend of ours. Yeah, don't forget Just Peter like, Rabbit, man. And you got Peter Cottontail. And you got the Easter Bunny. And Benicula. And whoever Benicula is, you're over there in that on-the-mark drug database again, looking up uh, crazy shit. But think about this, guys. Roger Rabbit and Space Jam are only eight years apart. You know, we're older now. We know eight years go in a blink of an eye. Bugs Bunny, a rabbit cartoon, and Roger Rabbit, a rabbit cartoon. Other than that, you got the Brendan Fraser Looney Tunes movie which came out after Space Jam. I can't even think of any other movies now, Benny, that... There are very few that jump between real life and animated life, Marky. Sure. Now, folks, I just hoping I, I was just hoping I could open your eyes to the rabbit, specifically the speaking rabbit, is an American icon. Now, how did I forget this? The movie that is in the theaters now... There's a rabbit movie in theaters now, a talking rabbit. Benny, pull up the IMBD database. That would be a Peter Rabbit remake for you, Mark. Okay, like we always say on this show, Hollywood loves the remake. There's a Peter Rabbit remake in theaters now, a children movie. This movie caught a ton of heat not too long ago for poking fun at a food allergy. One of the cartoon characters in the movie had a food allergy and got bullied for it. So this movie caught a ton of heat for having a scene where somebody gets bullied over a food allergy. Parents were in an uproar. You could probably guess what kind of parents they are. But they, these parents were in an uproar writing pages to newspapers, whatever, to Sony. Sony issued a damn, had to issue a damn apology for this. Since when do you have to apologize for what you put in your content? It's Absolutely. Your, That's insane, con- Mark. A food allergy. It's insane. And you're, if you're a parent and you're taking your kid to this movie about a rascal rebel rabbit, that's oh what it says on the poster. Yes! You gotta assume that maybe, maybe something isn't gonna rub you exactly the right way. Oh 
Um, yeah, because that's the whole point. A rascal, a rebel, outspoken, uh, not always doing the politically correct status quo thing. It comes with the territory. It's a part of the bigger picture. It's a part of the bigger story. But these freak maniac parents pick out this one scene to attack because they want to end up, you know, in the Huffington Post or the Washington Examiner or one of those type of outlets and they get the exposure they need. And it's a, man, this caught a lot of legs. People were, the Twitter freaks were in a uproar over this. Now, I have not seen the remake of this movie. However, Nor will you. No, I won't. Now, given maybe one night at 3 a.m., I might put it on on a movie channel, possibly to go to bed. All I'm assuming is there are definitely jokes and scenes in that movie that could be construed as more offensive than a kid getting bullied because of a food allergy. It's outlandish. It's preposterous. It blows my mind and makes me sick. We have real problems, gang. We got real problems. Not cartoon rabbits bullying another cartoon talking animal over a food allergy that he doesn't even have because he doesn't even exist. Not to mention <laughs> what happened to parents parenting. Yeah, yeah, your kid sees that. It's up to you Tell your kid how they're supposed to receive it and how they go about their life after that. It, exactly. If anything, it's like a teaching moment for a parent. You know, it you're, is. You're, you're in the car on the way home. You're talking about the movie because that's what you do after you go see a movie. You kind of recap it with whoever you saw it with. And as a parent, you say to your kid, you know, you never bully somebody over a uh, food allergy or anything. You don't pick on people uh, for and There's never a good reason for that. So I hope you don't think that's normal. And then it ends there. And yeah. then there's the lesson. And the kid isn't even thinking about it. No, no. The kid doesn't <laughs> even translate it like that. You know, you say that to your kid in the car ride home, he's probably not even going to respond. He, he <laughs> is instantly going, what the hell is he talking what you, about? What, what mean, is she Dad? talking about? Dad, I have no clue what you're talking about. Yeah, I thought that scene was funny. Unbelievable. So there's that. But the artwork in Roger Rabbit, the acting, the storyline. I mean, Jessica Rabbit is the sexiest damn cartoon you've ever seen. I and, contest Lola Bunny. Well, but... and there I was going to say again, gang. Space <laughs> Jam following suit with the Roger parallels. Rabbit. The parallels between these two movies will blow your mind. A, a, a sexy rabbit girl. They didn't even want to go to another animal, gang. They wanted another rabbit. The talking rabbit is iconic in American entertainment and marketing. You know, I think a few parents should have shown outrage, Marky, about how there wasn't interspecies couples in this movie. Yeah, right? I mean, look, in 1996, when Space Jam came out, there wasn't this joke of a climate for complaining about bullshit. So, man, Lola Bunny had some sex appeal, but Jessica Rabbit, okay, she was busty, curvaceous, voluptuous, and let me open your eyes to this, folks. You all have Instagram. You saw all the girls the last few years with the red hair, that Jessica Rabbit hair. You've seen a ton of girls be Jessica Rabbit for their sexy, slutty Halloween outfit. And we, we're a fan of that. We're not shaming that whatsoever. That's not awesome. No, don't change. That's beyond cool. Um, Halloween's a great holiday. Love it. You know. Um, so... 20 plus years, going on th almost the 30 year anniversary of Roger Rabbit, and it's still making waves. 
it's still making waves. In fact, another rabbit thing. Wasn't Eminem's name an 8 Mile Rabbit? The Rabbit, yeah. There you go, gang! My brain works like a finely tuned machine. We've been in this studio for hours today doing miscellaneous stuff. I'm in a good mode. The, the wheels are turning, Benny. Yeah, I'm starting to get hungry, all this talk of rabbit. Oh, wow. Well, Trey Scalini on Passion Avenue has a delicious rabbit dish. Not always on the menu. When I was in Italy, I ate rabbit more than once. I thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, kind of tastes like chicken. Uh, maybe a little lighter. There's a million ways you could do it. But uh, it's such a cute animal. You hate to eat such a cute animal. No, I ain't the one killing it and cooking it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Just put it on my table, babe. Whoa, what was the movie with the boiled pet rabbit? Fatal Attraction with Sharon Stone? Maybe. Put that in our database, Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Marky. That was fatal attraction. You nailed it. Sharon Stone, right? Annie Archer. No, 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 no. Glenn Close. Glenn Close. Glenn Close. Not even... Glenn Close. I wasn't even close to Sharon Stone. That was hard. That was I'm better than that. Guys, I thought my brain was working. Maybe I'm flaming out quicker than anticipated. The Rabbit is a major part of major movies. And like I said, folklore and marketing in America. With that being said, when we get back from break, we got the voice of Roger Rabbit, the hilarious Charles Fleischer. Penny, this cat's right behind us! Not for long, Roger! Alright, VIP listeners, we now have Charles Fleischer on the mark. Many of you may know him as the voice of Roger Rabbit. Charles, thank you so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Some of you may also know me as Clyde the Fanubra in the Philippines. I'm the voice of the Fanubra on the show Fanubra and the Wan. And if you're from the Vavonian area... Some people may know me as Ertog the Sleeve, where I played Ertog the Sleeve in a very successful show called Sleeve Class Rule, which is available now on uh, one of the streaming platforms, Flat or Flat, which is uh, going to be big, I think. Oh, man. Now, now Charles, I got to ask you, 
what was it like working on Roger Rabbit? Because that's absolutely one of my favorites. Uh, I think at the time they like. Have you ever imagine uh, like being hungry and have your mouth open and having warm sand poured into your mouth? <laughs> it was like that. <laughs> at the and then after your body's filled with sand, imagine the little children in school uniforms come by with phonograph needles and just start like putting little phonograph needle holes in your skin and the sand starts to come out and then little kids from venice bring glass and they make little hourglasses <laughs> so all the sand leaking out of the little pinholes fills up time and as time passed it became even better than that it was uh, obviously i was exaggerating using hyperbole to enforce a conceptual dormant feeling. But let me ask you a question. How do you think it will be to do a movie directed by Bob Zemeckis with Bob Hoskins, Christopher Lloyd, and director of animation uh, Richard Williams? You know, and uh, Spielberg is the producer, and it's four months in England. What do you think how it was? Oh, it was like having sand poured in every hole and little prickle things in my schneel. It was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. Only my bar mitzvah eclipses the powerful feeling that I got on the set of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> now, let me ask you a question. The finished product, Do you, are you a fan of the movie Roger Rabbit? If you saw it on TV today, would you watch it, or are you over it? Oh, no, not at all. I, I'm very proud to say that it's, uh, it's a classic film. It is. I mean, it holds up. It, it's, uh, it was ahead of it its time. Well, just beside the technological, it was just uh, recently put in uh, some kind of hollowed... Uh, situation in like the smithsonian some group of films or something oh, that's very anyways because you know the 30 year anniversary is coming up so i hope you send me something nice mark i will because in 1988 uh from what i read that was the movie with the biggest budget of all time and i found I that fascinating know. yeah i mean I, I don't know i don't know if that's true the biggest budget of all time i really I have no idea. I would doubt that. Really? Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah, man. Who knows? All these things you read on the internet, Charles, you never know what's true. You never know what's fake news. Yeah, well, you do when you're someone, you know, reading more than once. But, you know, uh, I'm sure there have been other movies that cost more. I could be wrong, but it just doesn't make sense to me. Gotcha. What got you into this whole like career, doing the voices and whatnot? How did how did you end up doing this? How'd you get that role in particular? Well, I used to be an anima salesman, and um, I one day for lunch brought a sandwich made of cardboard, and as I was eating it, this woman, delightful woman named Rose Lachman, asked me if she could buy an enema. And I said, as soon as I finished my sandwich, and she said, it's only cardboard. And I said, oh, my God, I'm going to get into acting. <laughs> and did you? where did you grow up, Charles? 
I've never grown up completely, but <laughs> if you're asking where I was raised, correct. <laughs> um, from Washington D.C. Oh wow, very cool. We just had a uh, a guest recently on from Washington D.C. Um, now yeah, I'm East Coast baby, East Coast, you know. And you, I live in the West now. Right. I you... take the test. Wow, for the West now, but the East feast is in my reel. The sales <laughs> I feel, the cards I deal. The deck is not shrouded, clouded anew. When you mental on to the Pentagon for the Ron Kent set to the monuments of the D.C. National Heart Accord. What am I talking about, my brother? <laughs> is this internet? Can I use cultural profanity? I'm keeping it clean because I don't know. No, feel free. Curse as much. We have the explicit rating on iTunes. Feel free. Ind oh, indulge. You know, sometimes, you know, just to say like, Motherfucker, you know, <laughs> there's no way to, to cast that shit up, you know, there's certain things that just better explain, like, the fuck out of here. <laughs> I don't want any lemon. Take the lemon off my pizza. The fuck you doing? Lemon on my pizza. And take that turpentine with you, too. I ain't painting in the oil paste in the house. Oh, Clark, this be such a racket. I ain't been a racket. Do me a favor, will you, and clean up that mess. And tell Reginald to bring the clock. There's no more time for this. I have to punch it so they can... Okay, I can't take it anymore. I just want somebody to bring me that glass of milk. I don't want to drink it, but I want to look at it and try and imagine what it's like to be inside of a cow. <laughs> Man, I never interviewed this many people at one time before. This is groundbreaking. Dude, it's all me. Hey, uh, you, you, I hear Philly, man. You from Philly? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Bally Kenwood, where in Philly? <laughs> South, beautiful, stunning South Philadelphia. South Philly, man. I hear it, man. You got that Philly player. You got that Harlan <laughs> Oates in your Oatsen Hall. <laughs> you know, the Kirsten Jammer Slammerang. <laughs> what was the name of the rock band that was from Philadelphia that had like one song? You know what I'm talking about? Hmm. No. Who? Man, I don't remember all the Philadelphia bands. It was like Playdale or something. They had like, it was like a keyboard thing. In it. They were from Philly and they had like one hit song. One hit wonders. My daughter's calling, but I can't answer it because I'm talking to you. I'll call you back. <laughs> all right. She can't hear me. All right. <laughs> Is there any way to get a Roger Rabbit skit out of you? Out of me, you're implying that something is in me that needs to be removed. Some sort of exorcism, some sort <laughs> of alien protruding from my abdomen. I don't really understand the nature of your discourse. But if this in any way is impinging on Miss Logan's bank account or the whereabouts of her mother, Charlotte, you're barking up the wrong tree. I don't care who your ancestors are, ready? <laughs> Now, Charles, out of all the projects you were on, whether it was A Nightmare on Elm Street, Back to the Future Part 2, The Polar Express, Rango, Roger Rabbit, what was your favorite oh, project? Right. Don't, forget, don't forget Zodiac, man. Zodiac, oh, David a, Fincher. Yes, very good movie. What was your favorite project to work on? Was Zodiac your favorite? Well, you know, when I'm doing it, it's all, they're all my favorite. But in retrospect... uh. 
obviously Roger Rabbit was, you know, an extraordinary experiment in real-time disorganization of chaotic sleeves. But I love uh, working with David Fincher and Zodiac. I mean, it's a completely different kind of deal. Sure. But, uh, you know, it's a different uh, format for the acting ability, you know. Oh, you got Downey uh, but, Jr., but, Mark Ruffalo, sure. Sure, Jake, the great Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal, man. And I knew Jake Gyllenhaal when he was a little boy. He went to school with my daughters. Really? I saw that little boy sing and plays and stuff. Did you know he was a talent when you first saw him? Did you think he was a talent? I did indeed. I could tell he could sing. And they did a thing in the whole thing. You could hear him singing and he had a voice. Yeah, I've known Jake and his sister and his mom and dad. His mom, uh, I think she wrote the movie uh, Running on Empty. I think that was the name of it. Okay. That's also a Jackson Brown song. Michael Michael Jackson Brown Stone Phillips head screwdriver. <laughs> Charles, gotta ask you a question. What are you up to now? You, are you doing shows in Vegas, LA? What, what, what do you got going on now with your schedule? Well, I got see. I do a lot of these Comic Con things. I got a. I'll be in Tahoe in April. Very cool. there. I'm not sure when my next Vegas is coming up, uh, probably around October or something. Do you ever come back you know, to the East Coast? When I do. Well, yeah, I do. I'll go to visit my mother in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. I used to work, I remember working clubs in Philadelphia. I have not been there in a while, though, but I'd like to come back to Philly. <laughs> we would like I to have, have you back. Richie Castle, what a cool guy, man. I want to college with him. He still lives there. Do a very, very good friend. We are together. No, I went to college. Southampton <laughs> College. Very nice. Glad him not to tell all the people. Now you're going to do it on your thumb, you loud in I'm very confused. Can you just do one voice? Why, why? <laughs> oh, I suppose you'd rather me just be a regular. And that is any different prices at all. <laughs> I sure, got, sure. I got something I got to throw at you. I'm I'm thinking of ideas here. Me and Benny talk about this all the time. Hollywood loves to reboot and bring back movies. Don't you think Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the sequel, could be phenomenal and go over bigly in this day and age? And if they did that, would you be the guy to do the voice again? Uh... Of course, I would do it, but I don't think it's going to happen. So, yeah, I, I think it would be yeah. awesome if it did. Well, yeah, I think it'd be great if I was the king of Mars. <laughs> in fact, I am. You the are king the king of Mars. Of Mars. I, just, <laughs> I, I don't have any way to get there, and once I'm there, nothing's built. So, it's a bit of a dilemma. Oh, man. I'm the king of Mars, but I ain't got no vehicle. Can't find a way to get home. Do you like David Bowie? Sure. You like the song Life on Mars? Sure. Yeah. Can you name, can you do any lyrics from it? Prove that you're really a Bowie fan? Come uh, on. I didn't say I was a Bowie fan. I said I like the song. Oh, okay. Well, do you know the song? Can you can do you know any of the lyrics? I'm not musically inclined, Charles. I, I struggle with stuff like it's that. It's not music. I'm I'm not asking you to sing. I'm asking for the lyrics. You know? Are there any songs you yeah like Jingle Bells? You know that? I know Jingle it's Bells. It's a god awful. It's a god awful small affair. 
the girl with the nasty hair. Mommy is yelling, no, her daddy has told her to go, but her friend is nowhere to be seen. So she walks to her sunken dream, to a seat with the clearest view. And she's hooked to the silver screen. Man, it came back to me like that. That's how my brain Dude, operates. It came back to me. That, you just warn, you, you just, you just warn yourself a weekend vacation at the Bowie Hotel, the Beauty Brothers operating. She's uh, hooked to the silver screen. But the film is a saddening book because she lived it 10 times or more. She could spit in the eyes of fool who asked her to focus on sellers hiding in the dance hall. Then on a second, second verse, he goes completely wacky. You know, on America's tortured brow, Mickey Mouse has grown up a cow. So what is that? Leonard's on sale again. About mice and a million whores, uh, Ibiza, North and Lords, Britannia, out of bounds. What is that? To my mother, my dog, and clown. Make that all happen. You know, it's so, I love that he does that. You know, goes here and then there, and then back to the Mars. <laughs> I love that Mars dog. <laughs> you are a genius. I, I, I'm convinced. I think you're a genius. Did anybody ever well, tell you I'm that before? I'm not going to argue with you. But have you ever seen my TED Talk? I've heard good things. I've heard very good things. Okay, let me just say, that is the worst answer you could ever <laughs> give anybody. That's like, that's such a bullshit answer. Oh, have you seen my thing? I, I have heard I, very good things. I, the fuck? I, very good things. Look, if you're going to lie, either say, I didn't no, lie. I haven't. I did it. Say, I... <laughs> no, you have a TED Talk? Oh, what's it about? Or, uh, oh, I saw it. It was fucking amazing. Well, cause but I've heard good things. Fuck that. that that's wrong. Gary, you know? Gary was telling me how great it was and how I had to check it out. I didn't know you were well, coming you on know. until an hour ago. And I'm thrilled you did. And I'm, uh, you're amazing, man. All right. And not a problem. I'm just pointing it out. Uh, also, since you mentioned uh, you used the G word, I uh, am a scientist. I have a paper that I've written. It's on the Cornell University website. Yeah. To get on that site, you have to be endorsed by a scientist from oh, your wow. field. You can't just publish it. Wow. So I made a discovery concerning the origin of gamma ray bursts. Wow. See, but I... it's too fucking way ahead of its time. <laughs> I tell people about it. I say, what the fuck? You don't get out of here. <laughs> and the scientists, they ain't going to buy it because it's outside of the fucking box. Because confirmation bias. They don't want to admit some fucking wacky cartoon voice made a discovery that they couldn't fucking find with all their science TBGBs. It's a ballroom full of ash, I tell you. But there's nothing you can do. You just take their ankle and you're up with it. <laughs> I feel are like... you recording this or are you writing it down? Uh, typewriter. Good work. <laughs> well, I'm going to copy this because I'm going to send this to out of space. <laughs> Who were your comedic inspirations when you were younger? Well, first of all, I don't like saying first of all because it implies the second of all. When you say when I was younger, there is no other time. <laughs> so who were your inspirations when you're older? Right. I don't know yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like saying, you know. It is. It's a contradiction. You're yeah. right. You're right. Jim talked to me before he died. Before he died, Jim talked to me. Well, of course, before he died. <laughs> right, he right, right. After, right. after he died, you have a better story. Right. But who are your inspirations? To actually re <laughs> to respond. 
Jonathan Winters and Groucho Marx. The great Groucho uh, Marx. Yes. Formed the bottom of my comedy triangle. Uh, Groucho, because, because of his wit and his, his ability to say anything. And Jonathan Winters, because he was very magical. And, because he did lots of characters. Marty Frickard, I remember when I was at camp, I used to do something like that. I was always inspired by Jonathan Winters. He did drawings, too, you know. Uh, they were very colorful, kind of primitive, kind of like American Indian. And have you ever seen my artwork, Mark, since you're asking about my personal genital robot slave, <laughs> earthy bird? Please tell me more. Well, the point is, you know, tell you. All right, you can't really be told. All right, you must look at it. You can look at it on my Instagram page, on my Facebook page. I post a lot of my artwork and my photographs. I have a keen eye, and I love to express myself in all mediums. Yes, yes. Charles, it's the nature of my being. Charles, yeah, bro. You're you're a damn genius, man. We thank you for joining us. Uh, you're absolutely hilarious. I I don't know if anybody's made me laugh that much on this show. I'm serious. That was friggin' hysterical, Wait, man. Are you serious? Um, you're telling me you're serious now? What? So before before you actually told me you were serious, <laughs> it could have gone either way. See, I work under the assumption that people are serious. But when they have to announce it at the end of the whole setup, I'm a little leery. And I'm not Dennis Leary. I'm not even Tim Leary. I'm more leery of the theory. That's the quiche of this cheese pie. Okay, send me an MP4, MP3. Yes, we will send you the iTunes link as soon as it's out, Charles. You are the man. Uh, great stuff. And we, uh, we enjoyed it thoroughly. And I hope to talk to you again soon. Okay, that was a pretty good rehearsal, Mark. I think we should do it for real now. <laughs> Except this time, uh, could you not ask me about about my testicles? I found that that was off-putting, and I think that, you know, squeamish girls will just, they'll turn off the radio. Tell me about your testicular so, fortitude, Charles. No, testicular's fine. Look. The word testify comes from testes because fellas used to put their hands on their testes when they testified. But puritanical folks moved it up to the heart. It should have stayed with the balls. That's where this country went downhill. We lost Moving the balls. hands of the heart. <laughs> Keep them on the testes to testify. <laughs> Unbelievable stuff. Testified for ovation. This is why, the, right, hey, this is why those NASA cool. guys are scared of you, Charles. All right, Rachel Maddow says hello. All right, tell Rachel I was asking for it. I can't talk to her, man. I'm just just guessing she's saying hello. <laughs> just the way she looks. Like, hello, but I don't know. She's on pause right now. <laughs> the best in the business, I got Rachel folks. on pause in the Janice and the Sing Cray. All right, man. I'll leave you with this thought. If our fathers come for us to be, then what must we become to see exactly what we've come to be? Chillworthy. Great stuff. Love it. Thank you so much, Charles. Have a great night.
This is the end of this interview. If you wish more interviews, please pay 25 cents in a clicking. This interview has reached an end. If you would like more interviews with Gold Bullshit, place 20 cents in. If you would like to interview Brother Brother, that is no longer available. This interview has come to an end. This interview has come to an end. <laughs> Holy shit, that guy is a lot to handle, but I love him, Ben. God, he was bouncing off the walls, Marky. I didn't even know what he was uh, talking about half the time, but I like all the voices. Uh, very interesting shit coming from him. I mean... He's a, you can just tell how smart he is. He's reciting David Bowie songs to us. Yeah, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, unprovoked. Yeah, man, yelling at you that you might not know the words. Right, tearing into me, beating me up verbally. I, I may sue, man, verbal uh, harassment, assault. I'll tell you I've what. I've been assaulted by, I've been verbally assaulted by Roger Rabbit, folks. Marky, just let that sink in for a minute or two. Marky, I'll tell you what, I never knew who we were talking to half that time. He would bounce from character to character. Like I said, I don't even know if he knows what voice is his own. The beloved Roger Rabbit tore me a new asshole, Benny. Just let that, you know, marinate for a little bit. Yeah, yeah he did. Jesus. Well, he liked you. You're a member of the tribe. Absolutely. He loved the Spielberg. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a Paisan... He said that. I think he might have liked that, too. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll invite him to Benny's Bar Mitzvah on my 30th birthday, man. <laughs> now, here's the thing, Benny. It didn't sound like he was too enthralled by a Roger Rabbit sequel. No, I don't think he was too enthralled, but at the same time, I think he clearly is open to it if somebody else is doing it. The thing is, it's not his piece of work. He right. was just the voice, so... You know, just like the first time, if someone comes to him with a script and says, let's do this thing, I'm sure he'd be a little more rip-rearing and ready to go, man. Now, let me put this out there for you guys. I think Who Framed Roger Rabbit could be an awesome Netflix series. I think it could be an awesome um, random TV series for a season or two on cable. And it could be fully cartoon. I mean... It's a great it's a great concept. I'm a huge fan. It's badass. Roger Rabbit is um Roger Rabbit is a fucking pimp and Jessica Rabbit is a 10 out of 10. I just love the damn thing, Benny. I always have. When I was younger, I adored that movie and it's funny in my grandparents' living room. I remember they took a vacation down to Disney World those two because they had never been. Two old school Italians, Brooklyn Italians, uh, not into traveling like that. But, uh, you know, in their later years when they were both retired, they went down to Disney World to check out, see what all the hype was about. And I think at the time, there was a Roger Rabbit ride or something along those lines. So they had a picture in their basement of those two in, in the yellow cab, which Charles Fleischer also did the voice of that yellow cab. And, uh, you know, Roger Rabbit and Jessica Rabbit were in the picture. Do you remember those pictures that I'm talking about? Yeah, That they absolutely. superimpose your image to, and it looks like you're a part of the cartoon? Yeah, one of those souvenir photo things. Exactly. I think they probably still do that at, like, Six Flags and Disney and whatnot, don't 100%. they? 100%. Yeah. So, but they, they had that in their living room always, and I, I thought it was cool. And it for years, so 
that almost makes the imprint Roger Rabbit uh, that much more uh, special to me. For whatever that's worth. I'm a weird sentimental kind of guy. Little things like that that may be meaningless to somebody else, they always kind of strike a chord with me. I love what you said about the idea of turning it into a TV show. Just the idea of that almost detective, true detective feel. Almost like a spoof, yeah, but with this awesome rabbit with, who's yeah, a pimp. Yeah, about Roger Rabbit, half cartoon, part in live action. It's really a cool idea to make it not a movie, but a TV show. I wonder who owns the rights to Roger Rabbit. I guess Disney. Even to do like a spoof of it. Like a fake behind the scenes of the making of Roger Rabbit. Sure. And have like these gangster cartoons in the uh, dressing room, like talking jive. You know? Yeah, it'd be very funny, man. <laughs> it'd, be it'd be extremely funny. They have a lot of options that they could do with that. I'm sure eventually the well's going to run dry and they're going to go right back to the top. And guess who's going to be there? Yeah. Roger Rabbit. And who better to play the detective than me? Yeah, sure. Why not, I, I Marky? I kind of look like the guy a little bit. Yeah, you do a great detective job. I'm in better shape than him. Sure, why not? I'm younger. I'm more of a sex symbol. Questionable. <laughs> After this movie, you will be. After the movie, I, will, I totally will be. Now, guys, thrilled you joined in for Who Framed Marky Mark. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm baffled. I'm confused. I enjoyed it, though. It's something different. On the mark, bringing you that entertainment uh, to get you through your day, to get you through your commute. Uh, We hope we did our job. VIP listeners, we love you guys. Stay strong. Keep up that good hard fight. And we will talk to you again soon. On the mark. Going up soon. Mind the steps, sir. Hold on, sir. Your floor, sir. Have a good day, sir.